Welcome to the Tiger Cast, a podcast designed to tell the story of Warsaw schools and inform our community about the great things happening to serve our students. Hey, Warsaw, this is Amy Lunsford, principal of Lincoln Elementary. And I'm Kyle Carter, the Chief Technology and Analytics Officer for Warsaw Community Schools. So we've had so many great experiences that we get to highlight on the Tiger Cast, but today's experience is something that connects WCS with an experience that is happening across the state and actually, Amy, the nation. I know. Big stuff. The science of reading. It's a movement of reading research and instruction that many schools are shifting to within the reading block to move our students to grade level reading success. And, you know, literacy, it's always our number one priority because really it's the gateway for everything. I mean, learning to read is is the gateway to learning. So it's not just intriguing work. But we're already seeing the benefits in our data and and what's happening within our school. So it's just in the beginning stages at Warsaw Community Schools, but I'm excited. It is great stuff, Kyle. And we have the in-house experts here today to talk with us about this literacy cadre work. So a big welcome to Mrs. Mandy Duncan, who is our literacy instructional coach at Leesburg Elementary, Mrs. Hillary Stouter, the instructional coach at Lincoln Elementary, and our own Dr. Danny Barkey, deputy superintendent here at Warsaw Schools. All right, so we're going to dub this conversation. We're talking with the literacy ladies today. I think that should be copyrighted. What it do you should. <laughs> All right. So the literacy block, it's been going on for a long time. I mean, that's been state mandated for years, 90 minutes, in some cases, 120 minutes daily. That priority of reading doesn't change, but it's just the way we do it, it's a little bit different. Can you tell us a little bit about the shifts of reading instruction and where that's coming from? Overall, um, 90 minutes, you know, we use that instruction time. What we're trying to do is to get more strategic and specific about how we use utilize that time so that we supercharge that time uh, during tier one instruction with our teachers. Is that a good setup, Mandy? Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> I can say... Um, in my first grade classroom, literacy was always my favorite to teach. Um, I love teaching all day long, but I just have always had that passion for literacy. And there's always something new to learn. So I feel like as a literacy coach now, and I have been in this role for about 10 years, um, district-wide and now at Leesburg, but there's just always more to learn. There's more to um, think about for student success and students, you know, not all students are where we want them to be. So we continue to look for information that's going to help us get them to that level of success we want all students to reach. So with science of reading, there's a lot now that we're learning that really is that collection of research. That's what the science of reading is. So we're using the research, lots of really cool things about the brain And, you know, actually looking at what lights up in the brain when students are learning to read and how do we use this science to help us in the classroom. So we're learning lots of interesting things. We're learning about, um, you know, speech to print and thinking about phonemes and graphemes. And just I've learned things in the last three years that I wish I would have known when I started educating um, students. But it's now we get to pass that knowledge on to others. So it's been really cool. Yeah. So, Danny, with this change in literacy from guided reading instruction, which is, you know, those that may be familiar with what we've done in practice, that's that's the model we used was guided reading. Um, but now we're shifting to this more science of reading um, approach and practice. There's a legislation that supports these efforts. And we are a part here at Warsaw of a literacy cadre that is um, 
through the Department of Education. Talk to us about how we just got started with all this stuff. Absolutely. Well, we've we've um, heard this phrase that the change to science of reading is a, a sea change, and it's not just here in Warsaw. It's across the state, across the nation. And as a result, um, we have to relearn to do some of the things that we've always done. And so um, we had heard that the state was providing what they call the literacy cadre and that they would be um, providing the support to school districts if we would sign on and do some specific things. But for Warsaw, that really meant that we had to uh, change our practice and we had to be um, uh, change some things that we had done in the past. So, for instance, our instructional coaches in Warsaw were kind of specialists in terms of what kinds of strategy they brought to their game as well as um, their expertise. And so we had to rethink that. And so we decided to make all of our instructional coaches literacy coaches that would focus in on K through three. And that is what we have done this year. So that's, it's a big change for us, but it's really allowed our, our um, instructional coaches to hone in on uh, literacy and um, provide really great support for teachers in the classroom. All right. So a lot of thought, a lot of activities happening as a result of some of these changes, because like you mentioned, it's a cadre, um, it's, it's nationally driven, and a lot of really good research out there. So this, this work, it kicked off over the summer. Can you tell us a little bit, you know, just about those beginning stages? What did the work look like for our coaches, our principals, and even teachers? So once we were able to join the cadre, We spent a week this summer, all of the literacy coaches in Indianapolis, with national speakers, um, people who have done a lot of research in science of reading. And we had sessions every day helping us to learn about Scarborough's rope and the simple view of reading and lots of detailed uh, reading approaches that have helped us to just prep our brains for what kind of learning our teachers are going to need to start thinking about And the small shifts that we can make just starting the year off to shift what our reading block looks like. Um, There's so much, like Mandy said, that we will continue to learn. Um, So we have ongoing trainings um, every other week. And we spend a lot of time as a coaching team to make sure that our district policies and, and how we're moving forward are aligned, moving slow, so that we can build those foundations of understanding before we shift into making huge changes within our programming. And some of the great news of that week that was spent in Indianapolis is that there was a lot of information that Warsaw really already had a handle on and was practicing, um, really trying to stay, uh, you know, right in line with the shift to science of reading. So it wasn't like there was just all new information for or worse, all schools, we really were able to get in at the right time, don't you think? Yes. We've used our early literacy grant for the last couple of years to start heading in this direction. And so with uh, being part of the cadre, it supercharged that. Um, but we are we pride ourselves in trying to stay on the forefront of things. Um, so even though this is a big shift, there are people who have been reading about it and listening to podcasts for a few years now and are like, it's time, let's go. And um, our teachers are pushing us every bit as much as we're pushing ourselves. Nice. So with those pushes, tell us about some of those specific shifts that are taking place in the classroom for our students. Yeah, so when we think about what we've always done, um, there are five essential components to literacy. And these are what we've built our literacy block, the 90-minute block that we talked about at the very beginning. It's always been built on phonics, phonemic awareness, fluency, vocabulary, and comprehension. So we've already incorporated those things into the 90-minute reading block, 
Now it's just making sure that all of those pillars are strong. So we have to really think, you know, are we spending as much time as we should be on phonemic awareness? What we found was that was one of our weaker pillars. So now we have new resources. The cadre has graciously gifted us, and we are so thankful because now these teachers are every day um, really targeting phonemic awareness in K-2 instruction, and these kids are getting that pillar built up. So we're really starting to look at each grade level, each pillar, What do we need to do a little bit differently? How can we use the research to support what we're doing? And I feel like we're going to have a really strong foundation because of the shifts that are happening. Mm -hmm. You know, it almost feels like um, we used to be these, um, like if you relate it to medicine, like we were like the family doctor. We, you know, we were um, giving folks great things when they came in, but now we're moving more towards that specialist. Mm -hmm. We're really diagnosing what every child needs and we have new tools to be able to help us manage that. Yeah. When you were talking, Mandy, it made me think about, you know, so many conversations that we've been having in the, uh, with classroom teachers about that direct, explicit and systematic instruction. Say a few things just about that. People outside of the classroom are probably thinking, you know, that's like speaking in tongues a little bit. But (laughs) what does that mean exactly when we talk about giving our kids direct, explicit, systematic instruction? Hillary and I have talked about this, um, even just what that truly means. So when we talk about explicit, we want direct instruction. We want the kids to really understand what we mean, what we're teaching them, and what the objectives are. So we're really trying to make sure that everything we do is very explicit for the students and not just the younger ones, the older ones, too. I mean, when I'm taught something new as an adult, I need it to be explicit. I need to know exactly what it is I'm learning and what I'm doing. And so systematic then is thinking about how to do it in a way that builds on foundational skills. So we think about what kindergarten students need and then we build up those skills And we make sure it's in a systematic way so that's developmentally appropriate as well. Mm -hmm. So we look at what we're doing in kindergarten. We make sure that they have all of those strong foundational skills before we would move on to first grade skills. And then if students start showing they have gaps in their learning, we can kind of target where did those gaps happen and how do we fill in those gaps with those pillars I mentioned earlier. So it's definitely the explicit and systematic part is something we really need to focus in on. Nice. All right. So how fast or how slow is this work? Um, You know, there's been a lot of training, a lot of preparation. We're just hitting the ground running, right? All that change is just done already, right? Very, very close. (laughs) Very close. Um, We're definitely still working through um, taking our time to practice and feel comfortable with it. And so I think what parents can expect is that they're going to see shifts happening um, yet this year with how we're assessing students, how we are getting to know them as readers. It's going to look a little different. Um, Teachers are at varying uh, points of implementation at this point. And so we are um, always growing and always learning. And that's the name of the game in education. So definitely um, next semester, I think we'll see um, a lot of things happening in the science of reading at K through two. Um, but there will be a lot of shifts over the years that I think right. will just continue to grow and change as we learn. Well, we've heard so much about that. We've got a great partnership with the University of Virginia and our, our, our PLE programs and such. And just that, that statement over and over again, sometimes you have 
to move slow, to move fast. Mm-hmm. And this is something you want to get right as Absolutely. well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's, uh, I've aired on that um, as a district leader, like, hey, we, this is so important. We have to get this implemented right away. But real change takes time. Mm-hmm. It helps. Um, we have to educate people. We have to teach people. We have to support them. Uh, we have to provide guardrails. All those things take time so that we're going at this at a very strategic way to try to make sure that everybody's with us before we go 100% in. So mm-hmm. I've, I've heard a lot about the the learning to read and some of the, the phonics and some of those phonemic pieces of it. So do the kids still actually read? Because that, <laughs> you know, that that is a piece that I think, you know, was so heavy within the balanced literacy approach in our phonics and Pinnell systems. So the kids still read, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is the joy of reading, too. So I think the difference is our job is to make sure that the students learn to read. I think before, sometimes there was a misconception that our job was to get every student to love reading. And as much as I still hope that that happens, I want kids to love reading. It's not my job to get them to love it. It's my job to get them to do it. So Mm -hmm. we need to make sure that what we're doing is explicit Mm -hmm. So that they can read and hopefully then when they have that confidence in themselves as readers, they're going to want to do it and Mm -hmm. they they will love it and find that joy. Some small celebrations already that have happened. We're only a little over a quarter into this work, really. I mean, because there's there's been a lot of teaching of adults, coaches, teachers of the science of reading movement, but to really implement it into the classrooms, that truly has come by and large just this year. Talk to us about some of the data that's already started to come through that just makes you want to jump for joy. Well, I think of our, um, we have a universal screener uh, tool that we use to just look at all of our students across the board and their foundational skills. And so looking at data just initially um, before fall break, we had done the screener with our first graders and second graders. And at many of our buildings that have been implementing more of these systematic approaches with phonemic awareness and phonics um, at a tier two and tier three level, a lot of our kids who flagged on that screener last year have made huge gains already and did not flag this year. Um, We had big growth in that data at many of our buildings. And I have just a fun story. So um, a kindergarten teacher that's starting She's using our new curriculum that was also given to us or suggested and then gifted to us from the Literacy Cadre called um, UFLY. It's from the University of Florida's Literacy Institute. And so we have this new curriculum we're using in kindergarten. They're learning letters. They have two letters a week that they focus on. So they have about five or six letters at this point that they've been learning Um, a kindergarten teacher sent me a video of one of her below-level readers. She doesn't know all of her letters and sounds yet, so doesn't know the whole alphabet. But because she had those five or six letters, she was reading some sentences, I sat, I tap. And she was putting these words together because that's the systematic Mm -hmm. instruction that's happening. So just seeing this below-grade-level kindergartner at this point in the year, that's already pointing and reading and decoding words. She's cracking the code of literacy. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about this child and this, this structure that's being set up for her, I, how can she not find the joy of reading mm-hmm. when she's starting to do it at this age? She's going to be so confident yeah. as a reader, even though right now she might not have those basic skills of 
all the alphabetic principle like all of the other kids do when they're coming in or some kids do when they're coming into kindergarten. So that was just a win in my eyes, just seeing the kids actually doing it mm-hmm. and seeing those aha moments is always the best part for a teacher. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that story because it's it's one thing to talk about the practices and such, but when you can see it, when you can see it in the eyes of students, not just the data and the numbers, but when you can really see the, those light bulbs click, I know it, it makes it worth it. So for um, our families, parents, guardians, community that are listening to this right now, um, what would... Is there anything else we would want them to know about the literacy cadre or science of reading and some of those practices or maybe maybe some strategies or some items they can work out or work on at home with students? I want to give the coaches some think time about this, but I guess from a district standpoint, I want to say that parents instruction looks different than when we were in school. And just to put that out there, because as they're coming into the classrooms and they're seeing different things, like I grew up with balloon letters to introduce what A, B, C were, you know, that's how I grew up. And it's just very different now. And it's because we're using this body of evidence, this research to guide our practice. So just parents know that it is different out there. And our teachers are really working hard to keep up with all that research and do it differently. Um, And then we see these gains in our kids. But um, Hillary, Mandy, what would you suggest would you want parents to know as they work with their kids and read to them at home? I think the one thing that first comes to mind is that before we focused a lot on using picture clues and, you know, I see a, and then there's a picture of something and that picture helps us to identify the word. And we think that students are reading and that's something that we encouraged before. That was one of the cues that we gave to students. Now, with the science of reading, we know that the code, the actual code of looking at letters and matching those sounds to what the letter is, um, that's so much more important. So what I would tell parents and teachers now is to really use that visual cue first. Look at the text, identify the letters, think about the sounds those letters make, and try to put that, that word together. So really... Going back to that, sound it out. And when we sound it out, how do we do that? We get our mouth ready for the first sound, and then we continue with each sound in that word. So really helping um, children identify sounds, working on rhymes, working on alliteration. Can you think of anything else that starts with the sound? And name all of those things in the car. I mean, anything you can do with sounds and connecting those sounds to letters and different combinations of letters is really helpful. So that's one just tip I would give. So I think along with that, one of the other shifts that we're making is to rely less on high-frequency word memorization. So one of the practices that we used to use a lot in classrooms uh, was to use flashcards for those words that you see most often. And so what we've learned about that is that your brain can only hold on to so many words as you're reading. And so kids will get to a certain point in third or fourth grade where if they've relied too heavily on memorization... Um, they start to struggle to read. And so really building what Mandy was talking about with that phonics knowledge and letter-to-sound relationship, even when you see a word that you've seen often, if a child doesn't recognize it immediately, not saying, you've seen that word on another page or show it to them on a flashcard, um, but really having them attend to each letter or chunk of that word so that they are relying more on their letter-to-sound relationship rather than a memorization strategy. All right. So, so much going on there, but such practical knowledge and and simple strategies that you can employ at home every single day to support the uh, 
process of reading. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, ladies, I, I guess I just want to say thank you. Um, thank you for the countless hours that you pour in every day to 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 engineer a process for reading, to employ some new strategies, and to keep Warsaw moving forward and looking at the best way uh, to keep students learning. Kyle, we didn't put literacy ladies on this script for nothing, did we? We did <laughs> These not. These girls know their stuff, and we are blessed to have you guys leading the charge um, with your group of coaches and really making sure that our teachers know what to do well so that we can really impact students. So thanks so much. Thank you. All right. So um, just a reminder that new episodes for the Tiger Cast drop on Wednesdays throughout the school year. We'll continue to advertise in Warsaw Community Schools website and all of our social media. The best way to hear the latest and greatest episodes is simply to subscribe to the Tiger Cast show. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major podcast services. All right. Thank you again, ladies. Lots of reading taking place. We'll see you next week, Warsaw.